From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. Joining me this week are my co-host Emily Finnerty. Hello. And Steve Tassie. Hola. It's the last Tuesday of the month. That means it's time for Guru Voodoo, where our gurus are put to the test with a peculiar situation and need to make some recommendations. Our latest Guru Voodoo challenge comes from Tara Talon by way of Twitter. She tweets to us, Two parents who like Euros. Teen boy who likes aggressive games. Ten-year-old girl who likes to follow her own path and make up stories. Go. So here's the problem. Euros typically avoid direct aggression, as we've talked about in our episodes about Euro games. Aggressive games usually involve curtailing the other player's freedom to do what they want and tell the story they want. And freedom to tell your own narrative isn't too common in Euro games either. So pretty much all three of these elements are at odds with one another. What do you do? How do you reconcile these? That is a tough question. Now, one of one of the things that uh, we do when recommending a game is we try to accommodate everyone, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not always possible. Mm. So we try to accommodate as many people at the table uh, as we can, and if one particular suggestion leaves out one or more of the people at the table, bring in another suggestion that's going to heavily stress what they were looking for, so that even though they don't get what they wanted out of both games, they're going to get something. And as long as you make sure that the games aren't uh, or, uh, inordinately long, mm-hmm. then they will actually get to play them all. True. So uh, who, do, who do we... Uh, oh, goodness. So it, who, who do we leave out then in this case? Who do we pick on? Well, um, for me, the, the immediate game that jumped to my mind that kind of doesn't completely ignore, but it does limit uh, the application to the, uh, the young girl who likes the storytelling aspect, but the game that jumped to my mind with this was Small World. It is a Euro um, in, in very many ways. Have you played Small World? I have, yep. You're Several a fan? Times. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. But it's also a war game, so it has the aggression factor that, uh, that the younger gentleman yeah, the, is looking the, 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 for. These adorable fantasy races are certainly trying to dismember one another as efficiently <laughs> as possible. Um, but I think because it has that fantasy feel to it and all the different uh, fantasy races, I suspect that the girl would enjoy it from a, you know, here are some fairy tale story land characters coming to life. And yeah, they're killing each other horribly and, and stealing each other's land, but uh, I think she could envision a narrative uh, that goes along with the game. Yeah, and you know, if, if the rest of her family members are also sort of being, you know, sensitive to things that she enjoys, it's very possible that her parents and her brother would also sort of, you know, try to incorporate that for her and make up stories with her as it goes along. That's right. It's not just the dwarves are attacking the, the orcs in this territory, but the dwarves are attempting to reclaim their ancestral mining territories <laughs> from the evil orcs who invaded the land generations ago. You know, you, you can apply that. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of room game. for, you know, storytelling within the universe of Small World. I mean, it's got a lot of, you know, little cute little, again, like adorable little fantasy creatures and critters doing different things. Deal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's see. Well, that, that, that's, the, uh, that's our first approach then. We look for a Euro, so there, at least something that's got Euro-style mechanics, that's got some direct aggression in it, and a relatively strong narrative that can't easily be totally derailed by opponents. So Small World is one way to do that. I, uh, if, if, if Caverna were a bit uh, shorter then that might be something where you could build your own little story. Because it's, it's, Caverna is like Agricola, that uh, sort of uh, uh, 
that, that Euro-style uh, Farmville type of game, where everybody gets to make their own little farm with their little sheep and their cows and so on. You get to build stuff. And oh, I wish people would stop story. sending me Agricola requests. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing is, Caverna is like that, except you've also got, you've got an, an outdoor space where you've got your farms and your trees and stuff. You've got an interior space as well, where you've got mines and you're... Uh, and, and you're mining for things, and you can also uh, mine for metals and make weapons and send your family out adventuring. And if it weren't for the fact that the, uh, the, that the rules had little bits there that explain what happens when you go on adventures, you could easily imagine them as going out basically murdering their neighbors and taking their livestock, and that's how they get these rewards back. So, um, actually, is that a good idea? I don't know. Murdering neighbors? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I suppose. The thing is, you can either do it or not. That's the thing. And by neighbors, I don't mean the other players. I mean just sort of imaginary folks who are, you know, out there in some nebulous place. Oh, well, if they're imaginary, <laughs> kill them. <laughs> it's certainly a Euro game. Um, you know, the, uh, the teenager could at least get some aggression out by going for an adventuring sort of strategy. And, uh, and, and uh, again, I think that, uh, the, that the girl could definitely enjoy making up the story of her little family. Um, but by contrast, it is a long game, and it is a complicated game. How about a micro game? Something like uh, Love Letter or Coup, where it's got very simple rules, very thin, streamlined, Euro-style mechanics, with a bit of aggression in terms of you know, a little sort of take-that-type stuff, and, uh, and a narrative that mostly comes out through the, uh, the art on the cards. Yeah, well, the, the good thing about micro games is if you don't like it, it's over very quickly, and you never have to pick it up again. So if you're dealing with, you know, uh, like three or four different people that have very, very different tastes in games, you can sort of, you know, churn out three or four micro games in, you know, a half hour and not lose out on much, you know, of your gaming time because you've tried out so many, and, you know, five minutes in, you're like, yep, I don't like this, but the game's half over, so, you know, whatever. Um... <laughs> Do you think something like Coup or Love Letter could work in this situation? I think, I think Love Letter could work very well. I mean, Love Letter has, you know, a f has you know some, some card counting elements and, you know, definitely requires, you know, quite a bit of brain power and not necessarily elements that really come up in Euros that often, but it does have strategy to it and um, aggression for sure. I mean, Love Letter is all about, you know, you're writing a love, you're writing a love letter to the, you know, princess who's upset because her mom just got arrested for treason <laughs> and you're trying to sort of, you know, navigate the castle and pass your letter along with, you know, her consorts and, you know, the members of the court. And all the while, you know, your, your two or three friends that you're playing with are trying to get their love letter to the princess. So you're trying to stop them while advancing your own sort of, you know. The aggression is definitely there by the having to knock them out there. in order to advance yourself. Yeah, getting their letter confiscated by the guards or uh, thrown on the fire by the princess who decided she doesn't like it. You know, for all the, uh, the simplicity of the game, all you do is draw a card and play a card. On yeah, your turn, you only have one. Your hand is just one card. That's it. But for all this, it's two, very evocative. Two cards. But um, and and one thing about you know the simplicity of love letter means that not a lot of people read the rule book because it's so easy. You've played it once. You can mm. play it again. You can teach it to all your friends. But the rule book is extensively long because it ca it contains this backstory <laughs> for every single one of the characters. I mean, there are eight different characters, you know, in the deck. You know, like duplicates of each, of course. But and there's like you know two or three pages explaining all about you know. The turmoil of Princess Belmina, and you know, and her guard, and you know, and who her the death. Baron is, yeah, and you know, all this backstory is. and stuff. So, um, like you might you might not want to you know spend your time you know reading over this. It's not necessarily essential to the game, but if you're looking to appeal to a ten year old girl that has that really enjoys that storytelling element, it's, narrative. yeah, it's, it's definitely there. something that she might find incredibly compelling, or something that can be paraphrased by somebody who's explaining the game to her. And, and someone you can incorporate in gameplay instead of saying, okay, I'm playing the guard, you're the princess. No? Okay, whatever. Okay, I'm playing the baron, 
let me see. Okay, no, never mind. I mean, you can incorporate that, you know. You do have some freedom to play the way you want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sort of hang back, protect yourself with the, uh, with the handmaiden or something, or you can get out there with guards and just try to knock people out. Um, what about a deck building game? Deck building games are a popular genre of, uh, of Euro game. It's a game where you get to sort of build your own thing. Each player gets to play their own way and construct their own sort of thing. Uh, not a lot of aggression in those games, though. If you play the right one, there are ones that have attack cards. I mean, Which ones would you recommend? Well, uh, Lord of the Rings, I think uh, it has hmm. a strong story because it's based on something <laughs> that has a strong story. It's, it's also a very, very simple, very accessible system, too. That's yes. the Cerberus system. Yeah, it's much um, simpler than, say, Dominion. Exactly. It's the, the same engine that they use for the DC Heroes game. Very, very easy to pick up and play. Yeah, and if you're playing a game that's been themed with something you're familiar with, you know, there's like the Marvel Legendary deck builder game and then, you know, mm. DC Heroes and stuff, it can be very easy for that to, you know, what would otherwise be like a fairly simple mechanic without any story behind it if it's sort of being skinned in characters you know and whose backstories you know and whose comics you've read, mm. whose cartoons you've watched Saturday morning, it's very for you to get, you know, involved and, you know, compelled in the story of these characters and what Wonder Woman's doing and, you know, yeah. so on and so forth. I would say that this, that uh, a deck builder probably, if it leaves somebody out from this table and probably more leaves out the the teenage boy yeah because there there isn't as much aggression as there is in some of the other games we've talked about still you do get to well, fight stuff sure you, you you're get not to, fighting your opponent you get to fight the monsters or the bad guys and occasionally cards come up that when you play them they do something bad to your opponent so there there is an element to it but i think that it's it's uh, if anyone is not getting their needs met by this particular choice, it's probably the teenage boy. Mm. Because uh, our 10-year-old girl gets to sort of build the deck that she wants in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in DC Heroes, she can just focus on getting lots of sidekicks or beating up lots of villains or getting lots of gadgets or something. Yeah, and even just, you know, focusing on getting the characters she likes in her mm-hmm. hand. I mean, it might not be, you know, a, a strategy that's good if you're looking to win the game, but, you know, if you want... If you really want Wonder Woman in your deck because Wonder Woman's your favorite character, then that's yeah. something you can do. She's really powerful in that game, too, actually. Wonder Another game awesome. that jumped to mind uh, as we were talking, 8-Minute uh, Legends. 8-Minute Empire Legends. Is that an expansion uh, set for 8-Minute no, Empire? No, it is its own, it's its own game. Hmm. Uh, uses the same core mechanic, but has some substantial changes. Uh, has a fantasy feel to it. It's got that Euro feel. It's micro, so it's not very long. I think that would be a, a winning choice as well. Neat. There's one other way I can think of at the moment to, uh, to deal with this, and that is a one-against-many game. We did an episode about one-against-many games a little while ago, and uh, th- those are games where you've got one person who is up against everybody else, and they're playing a cooperative game trying to defeat that one person. If we put our aggressive teenage boy in the position of being up against everybody else, and if he wins, that means he beat them all, then he's going to be happy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, our, uh, if, if, as long as the, uh, the the mechanics are elegant and and uh, and strategic, then our parents can be satisfied with that. And as long as there's some flexibility in terms of doing what you want to do, then our ten year old girl can probably manage okay. Especially seeing as how the uh, the parents will be on the same team with her and will be wanting to support her and help her in this. Um, something like Pandemic, for example, has an expansion set called On the Brink which introduces the idea of a bioterrorist who's up against everybody else. If our boy is trying to destroy the world and the rest of them are trying to save the world, then that could, uh, that, that could form a dynamic that would work really well. Army um, of the Twelve Monkeys style. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? Any others? Um, we talked about it in the previous episode. I'm going to throw it out there because uh, it's one of my favorite one against many's, Fury of Dracula. Right. Um, it might be a smidge too complicated for the 10-year-old girl, 
Um, but maybe not. And I shouldn't even say the 10 year old girl. The 10 year old. Right. It's, it's, it's not about the fact that she's a girl. It's, exactly. It's that she's 10. She uh, happens to be a girl, but yeah. whatever. Some 10 year olds would be able to pick up the rules to Fury of Dracula without any problems. Some would have problems. But with mom and dad being on the That's team. That's the thing. They're on uh, the same team as her. I think that would make it a lot easier. Now, it is, it's a vampire themed, a bit of a horror game. But it's not tremendously graphic, so I don't think it would be off-putting from that standpoint. Yeah, Although it does it, depend on the imagination of the of the player. If, you know, some some people are going to get spooked out by by the game. I think most people wouldn't. So I, that would be my top choice for this particular group. I think. Yeah, and the good thing about you know, one versus many games and co-op games in general, even if it's a type of game you don't particularly enjoy. Um, being on a team with somebody, and if the people you're on a team with are really, really enthusiastic about it, it's a lot, it's a lot it easier for you to you have in. fun. Exactly, mm. it can suck you in, and it's a lot different than you know, being alone with your cards and your dice, and like not, <laughs> I like, I don't like this, I don't get this, this sucks. I'm all by myself. But if you're with a My whole bunch of other, sucks. I always roll ones. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're if you're playing with a bunch of people that are playing with you and they're really excited and really into it, it's very easy for you to sort of like get hopped up on that energy. Moral support makes a big difference. Definitely. So even if you're going for, you know, one against many games that are maybe less Euro-like, like maybe even something like Sentinels of the Multiverse, where there's no, sure. there, there's no, like, the, the one well, is, actually, you know, part of the uh, game. That was a straight co-op, I think. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is a straight co-op. But so. even even something like that where, you know, you, you play together, you know, as a family, as a sure. unit, as a team, it can be very... It's a super family. Yeah, it can be really satisfying to play with a whole bunch of people. And it certainly has the aggression level that uh, the, 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 the teenage teenagers boy would like. Because yeah. you're killing stuff. You're, you're punching just, things you're all the time. Punching mm-hmm. the bad guy and destroying his gadgets and minions. And so yeah. yeah. Not everyone against many game is going to work for this, of course. I'm pretty sure we can uh, forget about letters from Whitechapel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Scotland Yard, though, you know, the ancestor of both Letters from Whitechapel and Theory of Dracula, yeah. could be just right. You know, it's 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 simpler than the others, quicker to get into. Uh, our teenage boy can feel very, very smart and very superior, evading yeah, it's, the. Uh, it's not so much an aggression thing, but it is deceitful, and it's that's also a very satisfying feeling. You know, you get it's to feel one superior. Thing, yeah, you get to feel superior. You get to feel superior if you're aggressive, and you get to you know beat people up. But you also get to feel superior if you get to you know show everybody who's boss by being smarter <laughs> than they are. Can't catch me. And uh, speaking of cat, there's actually one other that uh, that might be worthy of mention. That's Nuns on the Run. Uh, have you guys played this one before? No. I keep meaning to to give it a shot. It's um, it's, it's like a reverse of Fury of Dracula or uh, or Scotland Yard or Whitechapel, where you've got instead of having one person who's being hunted and the rest of them who are pursuing, you've got one person who's hunting and everybody else who's running. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 like playing hide and seek. It really is like a game of hide and seek. Um, I don't know if it's aggressive enough, though, for, uh, for, for a teenager. Mm. It's hard to say. I'd probably have to actually sit them down with it and try it out. It's, it's, it's shorter than the other one against minigames we've mentioned, though. So that might uh, be a point in its favor. I think I, I've noticed something interesting about all of our approaches here. Mm-hmm. We're prepared to leave out the, the youngest player and their desire for narrative. We're prepared to leave out the uh, the middle player and their desire for aggression. We haven't made one suggestion that leaves out the parents and their desire to play a Euro. Sure we have. We've had Love Letter. Love Letter. It's, it's Euro-ish, Euro-ish in terms of like, its clean, elegant design, I guess. It may not be a true Euro, but it's more Euro than suggesting that they play Risk. 
to, to satisfy <laughs> the boy's aggression. You know what I or mean? Or Last Night on Earth, or, so yeah. that they can have the story bits and you can have the uh, the aggression, but certainly not Euro style yeah. in terms of mechanics. But you've got to believe that we, that the three of us are a little bit biased, just because you yeah. know we, we play so many board <laughs> games. We can appreciate we can appreciate an elegant design, you know, with mechanics that work well. You know, it's we kind of have a penchant for that sort of design. You know, being surrounded by games all the time, it's sometimes difficult to. Uh, that, that being said, I do love me some Ameritrash. I love Last Night on Earth. Uh, I used to be a huge Risk fan when I was younger, so you know nothing against that style of game. I do, I do like quite a few theme-heavy games. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this Guru Voodoo segment. Thank you for the challenge, Tom. Yes, excellent challenge. And we look forward to seeing more challenges from you on Twitter. And uh, until next time, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Steve Tassie and Emily Finnerty. Game on. Game on. Game on. Thanks for listening. Snakes and Lattes offers a unique service for your next party. Snakes on the Go board game catering. Your own personal game guru and an assortment of our hottest games right in your living room or boardroom. Birthdays, anniversaries, corporate team building, everything is more fun with board games. Visit snakesandlattes.com SOTG for more details or to book your event today. Until next time, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.